Hello. Ah. I am Bad Dog. And I'm coming to you live from the very, very tip top of Crawford Mountain. And up here, I get a whole other different perspective. Oh, yeah. But tonight, I got a guest. We're going to get D.B. Cooper. Yeah, he contributes to the old, uh, what do you call it, the Guy Fox podcast, otherwise known as the Gunpowder Plot Show. What we got here? Oh, uh, there you go. I got a new, uh, uh, thing. Johnny made me. Super. Bad dog. Oh, poo. Alright, here we go. Let's give old Daryl a call. Old DB! <laughs> Hello? Hello? Let me see here. Yeah, there we go. We got Mr. DB Cooper on tonight with us. I am here. I don't, I don't expect any disconnections, so. Well, fine. <laughs> oh, fine. Well, that take the fun out of it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I won't be able to talk about you when you're gone. Oh, it'll just be you, so. Right. It's not as fun. It's better when you can, like, bounce back and forth with, with another guy. Not in a gay way. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, John O. Machado was, uh, busy. <clears throat> yeah, I was told him I wasn't happy. <laughs> you weren't happy. <laughs> well, he said he was going to get out, and then uh, we were both playing uh, Warzone, and I got off, and he tried to invite me. He's like, where'd you go? I was like, getting off to do this podcast. He's like, yeah, I can't, uh, can't do it tonight. <laughs> He's a busy dude, though. I'll give him that. He's He runs and runs all day when he does get up. Well, you gotta make hay while the sun shines. That's what they say. Or smoke hay. Well, it's dark. Well, there you go. You could smoke hay. I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> you probably don't know it, but that's like a, a early '90s rap song. Hay, smoking on hay. Smoking on hay is that the Mexican weed? Back then, it was. More seeds than uh, actual weed. I remember those days. I know. I tell people about it and they, they don't really believe me. I remember a <laughs> friend of mine gave me a bunch of marijuana. <clears throat> and it was a big old giant bag. And I was like, what, really? He's like, yeah, man, you can have it for free. But when I got home and dumped it out, it was like 
half seeds. I'm talking like a, probably a couple ounces of seeds that were in seeds, it. Yeah. And uh, but it, you know it didn't cost me anything. So yeah, I used to eat them. I came in from work. I had a couple roommates, and we were Jones, and we were out of the marijuana, and uh, I still had that um, big old jar of seeds. And they had dumped it in the blender, and they're like, "Hey, man, you think we can blend up these seeds and smoke them?" <laughs> I was like, oh "God, nope." I'm going with no. And they're like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Well, I never heard anybody else do it." And like, you remember what happened when you'd accidentally leave one in a joint, and you'd get to it, and it'd like be like a bomb. Oh yeah, you found the right seed, and it was like putting a one of those cigarette uh, things at the end of your joint it, yeah it would explode oh uh-huh. and i hate the taste of a burning seed yeah and it smells horrible i'm like man what is it's going funny, on I just, here i just thought of that the other day i don't remember why but i was like man it's been so long and like once in a, i don't even smoke flour but once in a while when you weed got really good you'd find a seed and it'd be like oh yeah i remember weed used to have seeds but it doesn't anymore no not really i find them now and i keep them <laughs> Yeah, because if you find one now, they're almost definitely feminine. Yeah, and hybrid of some sort. And yep. I uh, actually gave some away last year, not quite a year ago. Somebody was like, I can't find any good seeds. And I was like, I got some. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. My cousin uh, grows, and he, he usually orders his, actually. But I think they guarantee, like... At least 80% are definitely feminine. Oh, they can probably guarantee you higher. I've had some buddies of mine that do that, and they were never disappointed. Maybe it's 9 out of 10, but I know the percentage is pretty high. And what do they call it? Anyway, it was like a three-month growth period, too. That sounds about right. That's pretty quick, though. Yeah. (laughs) I used to uh, grow the marijuana way back when, when it wasn't cool. I had to go way out in the woods and cut down half my plants because they were male and go drag them yep. a mile and a half away. <laughs> yeah, we grew inside, but it was, uh, we were limited on space, <laughs> property, and growing season. Michigan's actually pretty good for, for marijuana growth, but, uh, we always grew inside because we didn't have property. I remember a buddy of mine, he grew inside, had a big hydroponic system down in the basement. And he was out of town for a, a day or so. And I was watching his house. I was in it. And uh, I saw some dude outside the house looking in the windows. We had everything blocked up. You couldn't see anything. But. Jeez. Oh, so and he walked. He was walking around towards the back. So I met him at the back door, and he's like, "Hey, I'm the county assessor. I need to get into your house and uh, do some assessing." And I was like, "Well, not my house, and you're not coming in here." Well, I'm, is that a real thing? What's that? County assessor? Do they actually go inside people's houses? Well, he said he was going to, and I was so like, was "Oh no." Copper. Well, they would come... This was the guy that put the value on your house. Okay. 
That was who he was. He's coming out to. Oh, okay, for tax reasons. Yeah. And but I was like, nope. Well, I'm. I gotta come in. I'm like, no, dude. You're gonna have to call the owner and make an appointment. That's you know. Yeah. I'm a. He's out of town. I'm watching the house and. No. Your and, job isn't that important. Right. And uh, anyway, he left, and then I called my buddy and was like, hey, man. And he <laughs> he dropped whatever he was doing, and we came back and took it all down that night. It was probably like at 95% done. Could you smell it in the house? Uh, no, not really, because we had, what did we have? We had uh, ionizers around. Yeah. So we had several of those in there, and uh, I'd say four, and then plus we also had CO2 running. Oh yeah, we had a CO2 machine too. So we had we were only we always grew small amounts. We we didn't have much space. So it was always like closet jobs. This was a whole basement. <clears throat> we had good lights and stuff, though. We grew great weed, but just not very large amounts. Yeah, we had a uh, a sun circle. Yeah. So we had two different lights running around in a circle, and each light had different properties to it. I'm guessing a high-pressure sodium and a metal halide? Yep. But they would do, you know, they would put off different types of light. Yep, different spectrums. So, and then we had mylar all over the walls. Sounds pretty solid. Oh, we had it going on now. It was, uh, and like I said, and it was, uh, hydro. And, uh, that was actually the second batch. The first one was about halfway done or so, and it caught some mold, and all of it caught mold. (laughs) Yeah. Was that the hydro setup? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I remember. We were looking into it, and I know there was a lot of warnings about how it could batches would go bad real quick. Yep. And it it went real, all of them. So you had to be on top of uh, hydroponics. I prefer dirt after that. More, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it was one or the other. That's that's why we steered away from it, just because of the the room for error and everything could go wrong immediately. Yeah, and everything you lose everything. <laughs> but we ran into some people that wanted. But we're like, well, it's all moldy. I don't care. Oh, jeez. Like, okay. <laughs> as long as you it know. It only takes one or two times to smoke some moldy weed, and you realize you never want to do it again. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I'm like, I'm not into moldy anything. It hurts your lungs. I'm like, wow. You can grow uh, shrooms in Denver. You can have them legally here, too. You can grow them, and uh, my friend was talking about doing it. I looked into it a while ago, and it's a pretty complex process, and it's weird because like, it's got to be super sterile. And like I was in a few groups looking up information about it, and it just sounded like way more hassle than I was interested in. Plus, I'm not... I don't really like shrooms, either. I was just kind of interested in it. But... Uh, I was like, dude, it's, it, I looked into it and it sounded like a major hassle. I was like, you gotta have like pretty much a separate room. It's weird. Like, the, it has to be like super, like I said, super sterile. So, I mean, they grow on cow poop. So, I don't know how sterile that is, but it must be sterile. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
No, I don't know a whole lot about that. But I do know when I was in Oregon, I knew people who um, did that. And they actually grew mushrooms on a farm and a bunch of other stuff. But it was a big production because uh, they would end up taking these mushrooms and putting them in pill capsules. Oh, yep. I thought that was awesome because I got a giant handful of them on my birthday one year. Because <laughs> they were like, yeah, each one's got about a gram. And I'm like, awesome. It's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, I was walking around for like two weeks, all happy. But they um, they grew those in a cave on this farm. So that was kind of cool. I never did hmm. go there. I did do a lot of uh, clipping. I didn't pay for any marijuana in Oregon. Oh, I ran into the right people and was like clipping marijuana and getting paid for it and then walking out with like trash bags full of shake and then plus walk out with brown bag full of bud. Didn't make uh, oh, a few hundred dollars in cash. It's so much work. Oh yeah. They yeah. make these like uh, things that are kind of like a dryer that'll spin the weed now and knock off the uh, leaves. I'm sure they lose a little, little bit of bud, but um, it's way easier, I imagine, because they just throw it in there and it knocks it all down. Well, I come up with a bright idea of um, taking our scissors and leaving them with a, in a, a cup of alcohol. I'd cut, 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 and it get gummy, and up. I'd drop it in a cup of alcohol and grab me another one because I was like, "Hey, man, what? We have a bunch of scissors. Don't just hand like yeah. five, five of us five scissors." The second time Isn't I went in to do it, I, you know, I had a different plan. Yeah, because you don't get very far before they start getting real gummy. If yeah, you got decent weed. Yeah, everything would get gummy. Learned how to make hash. We'd make like um, ice with, hash. With the bags. Yeah, the bags of uh, yeah, little. I think they uh, call it uh, I want to say it's called bubble hash. I call it like ice or it was hair hash, and it was cool. And I got like like half of that I would get to keep because that would be like the crappier. Like you would cough a lot when you smoked it. Yeah, but then the, like real refined, we somebody would sell. I didn't. Yeah, because it would pull out to different areas of the bags, right? Yeah, different, you know, bags. So you wanted the the very bottom bag would be like the white hair, the whitest, cleanest, perfect stuff. It, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, when I get the uh, white or clear concentrate out here, I'm always happy because that's always the best stuff. Yeah, and somebody I, I knew that did that, they got those bags, picked it up in the free box at one of the, uh, uh, not consignment shops, but uh, co-ops they had out there. Crazy. Somebody who didn't know what it was, probably. Yeah, he thought they were like uh, sleeping bag holders until he got to looking at it and figuring it out with a couple buddies. Pretty expensive. I want to say they're like close to 100 bucks. Of I them. don't know. I know we would take all those where we would trim, then we would take all those giant trash bags that we would take home with us over there and stuff them in a big igloo cooler full of ice and then dump it into the bags and let it do its thing. 
like shake it around in the ice. Yeah. And damned if I wasn't smoking hash a couple hours later. (laughs) Makes them concentrate with the ice like that, too. Yeah. They they were pretty clever there in Oregon. That's where I ran into, like, a few witches and cousins. It's gaining a lot of popularity, for sure. People people uh, are having... uh, need to fill that spirit spiritual hole that they got and they didn't care for me I remember one witch kicked me out of her house as soon as I walked in the door didn't know me from Adam <laughs> but as soon as I walked through the door man she freaked out and she started talking about my aura jeez <laughs> <laughs> and just said, well, talked about she was me. Obviously, she's obviously connected then because she was getting a warning from her her little spirit there. Yeah, she's like, "Hell no, this guy. He's a Jesus guy. He, yep." And you know, I don't want him in here. And I'm like, "All right, I love you." I mean, that's a pat on the back, basically. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, several of the hippies saw that and recognized that well actually they were like hey dude you're something special and I'm like uh no (laughs) (laughs) no no I'm not I'm like I got got enough Jesus in me to be dangerous dude come on yeah I have a younger friend out here and he uh he's got a lot of younger lady friends and a lot of them claim to be witches or into witchcraft. That's it's gaining a lot of popularity. Yeah, I've ran into several, and uh, most of them I get along with just fine because they seem to, you know. Well, most seem, most of them seem like it's more like uh, like environmentalism thing. They're like think it's like about being connected to the earth. They're they're missing the the big picture. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I always, uh, what do I, I called it today, somebody at the Fringe Radio Network got fired for, um, uh, really laying on how you're going to get to heaven, like, you know, this is the only way you're going to get there, and we don't really try to do that on our network, we try to reach people who aren't Christians, and that's a, that's a real negative way to reach them. Yeah, I was telling them you're going to burn in hell if you don't do it this way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, at that point, I'm like, oh, you're so damn pious. We're all going to burn if that's how you're going to be. Yeah, I'm like, I've, Cause I'm like, it clearly yeah. Jesus says something totally different. <laughs> yeah, and just like, look at his example. I was telling one of my friends who's not a believer the other day about uh, you know, let's, I just try to like, you know, uh, obviously, uh, be an example of what Jesus was, but, uh, he hung out with all the low lowlifes, you know, he, he went to like the worst people and would, would build them up. And, uh, <clears throat> so I was saying to him is like, kind of like my goal is not to hang out with the worst people, but like, you know, live more by example and make people want to see your life and want to know why your life seems so good. You know, that's, that's ideal. 
Right. That's probably the best way you can witness to people is is having uh showing that your that your life is good. Yeah. Yeah, and and <clears throat> when I was in Oregon, I was a manager at this uh, Lake of the Woods resort. And uh out towards the marina and the restaurant, Delhi Marina restaurant. Anyway, uh, one of the kids came in one day because they would have a bunch of kids that would come in for college to work there during the summer. And uh, one of them came over and was like, Hey, Bentley, you know, uh, you're a Christian, right? <laughs> I'm like, What? Because I was like, Ain't nobody in Oregon talking about Jesus anywhere <laughs> they just did not do that so i remember talking to my friends back east i'm like yeah man they they're not like churches everywhere <laughs> and um i was like a lot of witches and hippies that are atheists and um but i had the maintenance man up there one day he uh, i saw him reading a bible and walked up on him and was like, Hey, you reading the Bible? You know, and then introduced myself to him and let him know I was among it. And then after that, me and him would have very cool conversations. <coughs> and the reason why I'm telling you about him, because I thought he was a little bit more... Because, you know, I was a... This is in like, you know, 2010. So we'll say I'm not as... uh well versed or whatever back then that I am now and uh, and he was a little older but when this kid was you know talking to me he's like yeah I was raised atheist and uh, I'm like oh okay he's like can you tell me about Jesus and I was just like or you know how do I you know get to know Jesus you know cause I don't know and I was like well man won't you start with that He's like, what? I'm like, just say, hey, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> can you help me out? And I was, he was like, but, you know, can we talk? And I was like, I might not be the best guy to talk to because, you know, and then I told him about our maintenance man. <laughs> and uh, I was like, let me get you hooked up with him and let him get you lined out a little better than old Bentley. Because I remember at that time, that was when I think I coined the phrase with some hippie that I was wanting to punch in the face. Oh my God, I wanted to punch that kid so much. But I was still in my, my Jesus thing too, right? And they were calling me a redneck there, even though I wasn't being a redneck. You know, I am a redneck, but compared to the people that where I come from, I'm like redneck light. Oh. <laughs> you know? Pretty much the same. And uh so this guy he's like asked me what I was and he threw off a couple different things, right? You know, and he's like, Are you a redneck? And I was like, No. I was like, dude I'm a recovering redneck. That's what I am. You know, because the redneck in me wants to punch you. <laughs> but the recovering redneck in me says, you know, I'd be all wrong. And he was like, I remember he still ran his mouth. And I was like, well, dude, you know, if you need me to jump off the wagon, 
We can go that route too. I prefer not to. <laughs> yep. Keep going. You're almost talking me into it. You know, it'll get me off the wagon. But he was also a lot smaller than me, so I wasn't going to be actually fighting him because uh, I made that a rule years ago, never to mess with guys that are a lot smaller than me. Number one, uh, if you beat them up, you're a butthole. <laughs> and number two, if they beat you up, you're a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it does not work out as a win for me at that point. You know, there's no bragging rights in beating up some guy that's half your size. No, I want to so be able to brag about it. Like you said, if you, lose, if you lose, it's there's no win either way. Because <laughs> if you lose, it's bad news to you. You feel ashamed the rest of your life. Now, don't get me. I did grow up with some other small guys that were real little badasses, and I always felt bad for people that were getting ready to mess with them. Yeah. <laughs> what are you getting into? This is a little Wolverine. I remember uh, old Brandon Burgess. God rest his soul. <coughs> some kind of thugs come into our part of town and try to run some kind of uh, backyard MMA boxing thing on yeah. the side. And uh, they weren't from our neighborhood, so... Uh, some of the guys from the neighborhood went over there. I'm like, what's going on? You know, and they thought they were big old thugs from I don't know where. I was out of town. I was in Utah. I caught this hearsay from my dad, and he was telling me about it. And I was like, really? Got a fight? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. I was like, yeah, nice. I like to sit around the alley and watch people beat up, maybe throw $5 on somebody. I'd be cool with that. But these guys were trying to uh, charge all the locals some kind of something. and uh, so oh, to watch it? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> my, you know, this is our neighborhood. They're like, man, you can't come in here and do that. He's like, so, uh, he's like, so Brandon Burgess, which was the guy's about five foot two, uh, walked over to him with a baseball bat. And he's like, and guess what happened? I was like, oh, I know what happened. Because I remember Brandon was like, not only was he a badass, he was also beautiful. <laughs> okay? You just want to, like, grab his little tiny guys by the cheek and be like, oh, man, you're so cute. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, they saw Brandon and did not think he was going to use that baseball bat. And he's like, yep. He's like, you put them all in the hospital, and he's in jail. Jeez. <laughs> I'm like, I would have run. I knew Brandon Burgess. If it was him and me and him having a baseball bat, I'm leaving. Because I know he's swinging for, you know, the stands. So If I see anybody walking up with a baseball bat, I don't have a weapon. I'm probably stepping back. Yeah. I did watch a guy that had a baseball bat one night. He had a baseball bat. And uh, these guys came at him, and instead of swinging at him like I thought he was going to and should have because these guys were going to kick his butt, and uh, and he did start it too. He uh, threw the baseball bat at him and took off running. Now I'm standing probably 20 yards away from 
that with this guy's best friend, right? This guy's name was Road Dog, and I'm standing with Tiny, his best friend. And they're from Cleveland, and they're messing with West Virginia boys in North Carolina. I knew how it was going to go down. But, um, so when Road Dog took off running after he threw the baseball bat, this wasn't long after Forrest Gump, so I screamed out, Run, Forrest, run! And his buddy, Tiny, who was also my buddy, like, punched me in the arm. And he's like, dude, you got to be an asshole. And I was like, man, he just fucking threw a baseball bat and took off running. That's funny. Run for us! <laughs> kind of wanted to establish we weren't together, too. <laughs> I, just I don't thought, have a bat. Oh. And then he got mad at me. My buddy Matt got mad at me because I wasn't going to press charges on the West Virginia boys, even though his boys started it. And I told him, I was like, look, man, I was like, those West Virginia boys. He's like, so? I was like, we're brothers. I was like, uh, I can't call the law on my people. <laughs> he got mad. It's like, I ain't prosecuting them. I was a manager, so it was all up to me anyway. A pretty good reason to call the cops, they say, too. Well, he was just mad because a couple of his buddies got beat up. But not like they should have, because both of them ultimately ran. So, but I remember telling my buddy Tiny in the bar, and he got mad at me again because I was really laughing at the whole thing. And I said, uh, he's like, well, they're not stupid. And I was like, well, I know they're not stupid. I was like, my dad told me fear is a sign of intelligence. And <laughs> both those dudes <laughs> ran off. I was like, you know, they knew better. Not many people really think that, but you had definitely, you'd, you'd call people dumb when they just stand there. Or like, you see videos of gunshots and people are like looking around. It's like, hey, gunshots, you hit the ground, buddy. <laughs> the dumb people are looking around. What is that? Where's that coming from? Yeah, like me, I've been around enough guns to know that if I don't have a gun and I hear a gun, I'm getting down. Yeah. I'm looking for a cover, and I'll probably grab whoever is with me because, like you said, most people do not know what to do in that situation. Luckily, I was in the military, so I wasn't really trained to run towards gunfire like cops. <laughs> I wouldn't want that job to be trained no. to run towards gunfire. I'd probably have to take a couple extra months of training on that. A lot of the cops now are dragging their feet when they get calls, certain calls at least. Oh man, that Uvalde! Oh god, that's another level, though. Jeez. Man, I was humiliated for. All the, I grew up with guys who were cops, and they, they're pretty good cops, but also knew some of the other cops, too, and some of them were cowboys, you know, and if there was anybody that was going to shoot someone like that in my hometown, like, I knew the guy that would do it. There was a couple guys, we call, I think we called one of them uh, RoboCop, because he would, he was pretty quick to shoot somebody. And uh, I know RoboCop would have been in there in a heartbeat. He'd have walked right in there shooting at that dude, standing straight up. Are you talking the guy or the robot? The guy. 
Well, okay. the, the cop's like nickname was RoboCop <laughs> because he was a, you know, real dick. I was, I was almost like, well, yeah, RoboCop didn't fear death because he couldn't really die. Well, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, he's talking about his, uh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, because I remember he shot and killed some guy in the hospital, right? Jeez. In my hometown. The RoboCop cop yeah. in my hometown. And... uh so people were pissed off and I remember telling them I was like look man they're like well he could have shot him in the leg and I'm like well sure anybody could oh, shoot gosh. him in the leg I was like but none of I was like when I, I was trained like when I pull a weapon and I start shooting there's a certain way I'm shooting and it does exactly. not involve shooting at a leg yeah. you know so <laughs> three people I was telling I'm sorry I cut you off go ahead but yeah, I you know I was like I'm shooting center mass right away or hit and try to hit the head. Yeah, I've oh. had the same conversation with two or three people lately who said if they like were in a confrontation they would try to shoot somebody in the leg. I'm like, listen, if you pull your gun out, you don't try to shoot somebody in the leg. Cause like that, if you pull your gun out, you're assuming that person's trying to kill you or do serious harm to you. Your your goal is to stop them and shoot them directly in the center. And they're like, oh no, no. I'm like, yes, that is how it works. And then eventually, they they came to terms with it. But it's it's yeah. Don't that's, pull that, it. That's the that's the whole media thing. It's like you know, like like people thinking cops can do that stuff. And it's just like you know, I was like, you don't pull your gun out unless you plan on using it. If you plan on using it, you better use it right because you got to eliminate the threat. Yeah, I'm like, people have watched all kinds of movies and they've seen yeah, exactly. gun ranges <laughs> in. Uh, in all those movies and all those papers do not have legs hanging down from them when they're target practicing no and then like I said you're you're not trained to do that yeah and I like to tell them also I'm like naked people kill cops (laughs) you know so there you go I just seen a video of that not long ago this naked dude chasing all the cops and they were just trying to avoid him and like I think he Seriously injured one of them. I get a knife. I think the stat is twenty feet or less. A knife is more dangerous than a gun. Yeah, they can run right up on you. Yeah, you know, I'm a <clears throat> kind of a big knife guy, and I would definitely wouldn't have to get very close to you. I could throw one lickety split. And be pretty confident it is not going to feel good. I've always wanted to be a good knife thrower. I'm not. You got to get the right knife. Yeah, that's a big part of it. I've got okay. a um, little like tomahawk that I assume throws awesome. I haven't been able to throw it yet, but it's super sweet. Man, go sit on your ass somewhere and throw it at the bottom of the tree for a while, like a few days a week. Yeah, it spins. Yeah, just get uh, used to the weight of it, but and then move up. I'm more of a, a knife of guy. I like knife. <laughs> yeah, and I, I noticed the uh, that asshole that murdered those kids up in uh, Moscow, Idaho, used a K bar. Oh, that's what I have, and I'm that's that's what I have, and I'm like, oh, you dick. That's such a wicked knife. It is, and I'm just like I can. I know how brutal it was, and just 
I'm like, wow, dude, really? Yeah. I mean, shooting kids would be ugly, but freaking killing them with a knife? That's that's pretty personal. You gotta have, have, like, no life in your eyes. Yeah. Because another thing I talked to people was like, well, why do you like a knife? I was like, because knives don't go bang, bang. If I use a knife, ain't nobody gonna know I used a knife. Yeah. And that's how he killed all those people in that house. I definitely prefer guns, but if I was in some sort of uh, fighting situation, I'd definitely have that K-bar on me. Well, I always have mine. I, I finally traded up. I got my, I got a new one. I still have my original, but uh, my newer one, I've kind of switched it because it's got like half of a serrated blade on, on it. Okay, yeah, mine's just the uh, the backs uh, smooth until you get towards the end, then it's bladed again. So I got to like the old Marine issue. Mine's a Marine Corps issue. Yeah, like almost like uh, Rambo style. Uh, not like his though. No. But he had like that same style with the serrated back and the the blade. Yeah, that's not a K bar. Not a full. I didn't think it was a K bar, but yeah. But his is more of a because he had the. Um, now that knife was bad. I remember I used to be able to take the um, the guy that made it. It was a it special knife. It was you know probably a several thousand dollar knife, dude. That knife he used was for real deal in first blood. And I'm a First Blood fan because uh, I saw it way back when, of course, but then I read the book. By <laughs> I, David. Was telling, I, I tell so many people, I was like, man, Ram, read, read the book of Rambo and see see how merciful he was in the book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when they talk about, well, man, he, he killed a lot of people in that, and I was like, he didn't kill anybody. <laughs> exactly. He killed that one guy, but I, I'm going to give him a pass. He was just kind of protecting himself some with some rogue cop. That was definitely trying to kill him. Somebody mentioned it. It might have been you. Somebody mentioned it like a year ago, and I looked into it, and I was like, whoa, way more dark. Oh, yeah. His brain is working on overtime. Like, I, I love the beginning because, you know, he picked that whole fight at the beginning. He's like, all right, I'm done. I'm, he just, next town I come to and they mess with me, it's on. Like uh, when he was interacting with that cop? At the beginning? Yeah, but this is all going through his head. Okay. He knew he was going to be messing with them then. Before he rolled into town, he'd already been, while he was out there walking, going, man, I'm done dealing with these jerkwater cops. Next one of them that slaps me around is going to get it. Well, I just imagined him probably getting yelled at by uh, Jane Fonda when he came back from Vietnam and just spilled over. Jane Fonda. I used to think she was beautiful, and then I found out about her politics. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, Jane. I grew up in the 80s, so she was old, and then people talked about her, and I looked back on it, and I was like, whoa, she was hot. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God. Barbarella? Yeah, that's what it was. That's, That's my... 
first experience with seeing her when she was younger, I was like, whoa. And her little niece was a hottie, too. Um, Bridget Fonda. I can't remember her, though. She wasn't Jane Fonda, but she was, uh, you know. If Jane was a 10, Bridget was definitely a a 8 plus. That's what my roster's all stacked with is like 7s and 8s. All minor. Tens. <laughs> I'm just At least I honest. make them all feel like they're tens anyway. I was talking I was talking to my buddy, my buddy that the other day because he's like I've had a definitely a, a bunch of nines and I was like I've thought about thought about it recently. I, was like, I think I've had like all eights and sevens, but that doesn't make them like not attractive. That's for sure. I just feel like they have better personalities probably. But I probably couldn't score an upper nine or ten though. I scored me a 10 once. I could have had a few more, but that one, that 110, totally wrecked it for any any other 10. And uh, But she was uh, loony, toony, crazy. Oh, my God. Literally. Yeah. I mean, not always, but that freaking uh, hotness to crazy scale is a real thing for sure. I think it's just the fact of like I, I have this like uh, I say that uh, women find uh, attention like a drug and uh, I think that's a big part of it you know getting a bunch of attention and not having to like necessarily work real hard in life <clears throat> oh she um, I didn't want to hire her I was a manager at this nightclub she came in and she was gorgeous I was like ugh and I work with them, and they were usually very lazy girls, <laughs> right? And for the most part, usually not very intelligent. And uh, so don't have to try. I uh, was like, no. And then the boss owner—I won't really call him the boss. He—I was ninety-nine point nine percent of the time the boss, and like this time he was like, no, we're hiring her, and I was like. He's like, why don't you like her? Look at her. And I'm like, yeah, look at her. Dude, she's gorgeous. I want that dumbass back here with me, to be honest with you. But then, uh, <laughs> one night, I uh, was breaking up a fight, kind of, right? Before a fight would start, I would go, I would be there. I could read crowds, and then I taught my bouncers how to read crowds, and I was like, let me do it. You know, I don't want my bouncers beating anybody up. So nobody ever got beat up by my bouncers. I was like, let me talk to them. I can talk to people. Well, I went to go talk to these guys, and they're all like six foot plus four, you know, five, two, one. And there's like five of them. And they're all Italian looking, and they're all in fucking uh, leather trench coats. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm like six foot. Okay. And uh, but all these guys were just bigger than me. And but we we're in a full nightclub. We're upstairs. It would look like this nightclub looked like a old um, uh, Southern plantation house with the big old. Uh, things in the front the columns Pillars, and yeah. a big old driveway coming up to it and it had a big old 
uh, looping round staircase that went up to the second floor. It was sweet. Where was this at? In North Carolina. Okay. That sounds about right, then. Taylorsville. Yeah. And uh, so I'm wanting to kick these guys out, and they don't want to get kicked out. Matter of fact, you know, they would prefer to just go ahead and kick my butt, right? Yeah. And uh, so I remember, <laughs> uh-oh, like I was standing somewhere on this balcony that I couldn't jump off of. I was like, I was ready to run, right? I'm going to run from these Got five guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. And then I'm surrounded by, like, we're packed to the hill. And I turn around and I catch Tiny, my other bouncer, way over in the other side of the bar. Now, he sees what's happening. He's going to come my way, but there's a lot of people in between him and me. <laughs> what kind of music did they play? Uh, we played the... Uh, Pop dance music. We had a okay. dance floor, and yeah. I was hoping you were going to say metal. No, <laughs> I guess Italians aren't really known for rocking out to metal, but I'm sure some do. Yeah, and I tried to keep it like really cool. My uh, doorman was this little tiny girl. She was the one that took money at the front. Yeah, she, usually, she, it's, she, usually it's a guy, so that that is that mean that does imply a little more chill atmosphere. Yeah, you know, I was like, we want them to just see someone nice and pretty. And I was like, and if anything would ever happen to her, everybody in here would beat their ass. You know, nobody's going to mess with Katie. And they, she was just always so sweet and innocent, man. She was just, I'm like, man, will you please be my bouncer? <laughs> Nobody will mess with you, I promise. All right, so back to the guys. Uh, look around, I see Tiny. He sees me. And he knows I'm like, come and help me. Even though I don't say that, he sees that probably yeah. in my eyeballs. <laughs> help! <laughs> and so I turn around, and uh, the first one, I say something to him, something smart ass or clever or something. Anyway, they all come at me, right? I grab the first one from the back of his head, and I step, and I push his head down. And he falls down. He falls right and lands on my on my foot. His head lands on my foot. And all I did was just... I wasn't like using like full Arnold strength or anything. I was just using a little, you know, judo, wrestling, balance. I knew I had to balance on him. But I never expected that. And then what happened next, I didn't expect at all. Was all the rest of them fell right on top of him what yeah all five of these guys in their trench coats were laying at my feet <laughs> how drunk are you guys I remember looking up to the ceiling and was like thank you Jesus and then I turned right back to those guys and I was like alright get up get out of here you cannot stay here you cannot act this way and then I remember like pulling my foot out from underneath dude's face because he still couldn't get up because all his buddies were on him Jeez. it was uh and then when I turned around and saw Tiny he was about halfway there and he gave me like the had his hand up the big WTF you know, <laughs> I'm like I don't know, man. But anyway, Did you have cameras? No, we didn't have cameras. I, I figured not. I was like, man, that would be like that was like in 2000 highlight reels. 
It might have been. It was either ninety nine. The whole crowd. Ninety nine or two thousand. Okay. Was when that was going on. And uh, but oh, uh, the ten downstairs heard about. You know, by the time it was down there, I'd beat up five guys upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty good reputation. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, well, I didn't actually beat anybody up. And I'm like, but you took all five guys? And I'm like, (laughs) no. (laughs) Not really. Yeah, basically. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess technically, yeah, but no, it wasn't my intention. I was pooping my pants and hoping I didn't get hurt by these idiots. And everybody's heard everybody else say it, so at that point they're like, he's just modest. He kicked everybody's ass. He's so awesome. Oh, yeah, it was was funny. Another great, great night for me. And I had nothing here either. But there was some guy in the bar, and he was, like, losing his mind, like, raging. And the owner, who ultimately is a uh, retired Army Ranger drill oh, instructor qualified. army ranger <laughs> drill instructor right because i remember be, he had the, he had the brown round drill sergeant hat when i went in his office because i was like hey man is that yours because not just anybody allowed to have that hat <laughs> <laughs> you know who the hell they are you stolen valor stolen, stolen valor yeah <laughs> and uh so uh he's like no i got this and uh, he hopped over to the bar in front of that guy and started to, you know, work whatever magic out. And that dude just bitch slapped him, man. He slapped him so oh, hard he went flying out of my view. I was like, oh, my God. So I jumped Jeez. over the bar and landed in front of him, right? And I am totally not in the mood. My head is nowhere around dealing with a raging lunatic, you know, Ten seconds ago, I was laughing and joking. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit got real. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, so he came at me, right? I locked up. I was going to make him come at me and, uh, you know, try to move around once he got to me. But out of nowhere, one of my patrons who loved me and... uh it was a dude. He, uh, he, uh, we had a heart to heart way back when when we opened up, and he was like my buddy after that. Uh, I made him feel a lot better about his whole life one night. And turns out he was a uh, professional bodyguard and trainer. That was like his job, job, right? When people would come out of town and needed a bodyguard, he would go be a bodyguard, or he would be teaching. MMA or self-protection or whatever like that, right? And I didn't know that about him for a while. But uh, that raging dude was raging right at me. He's like two feet away from me. And then all of a sudden, he just raises up, right? I'm like, what the hell? And uh, this guy, Adam, had him. He had him in a rear naked chokehold. <laughs> this guy's feet, and Adam was a big old dude, and his feet... The other guy's feet were probably three feet off the ground. And he kept uh, taking his right and left hand and tapping um, Adam's arm that was around his neck and looking like a guppy because he would like tap and poop, 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 poop. (laughs) 
I assume he was like trying to fight it, not like tap out. No, he wasn't trying to tap out. He was just he wasn't doing anything. He was trying to suck yeah. in what little bit of air he could suck in. You know. And Adam's like, uh, what do you want me to do with him? I was like, uh, choke him out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, take him out front. He's like, you don't want him to go out the back door? And I was like, no, man, all these bouncers will beat his ass, dude. He just slapped Brian. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Let's take him out front and I'm going to run him off. And, uh, cause I remember when I was outside, it was just me and him at the time. Everybody else is inside. And he's like, oh, all of a sudden you're not afraid of me? And I was like, dude. There are five guys right by that door ready to come out here and beetle Bailey your ass in our parking lot. I was like, they're not allowed to do that. (laughs) They're waiting for me to give them permission to do that. You're going to be the first one. It's like, can I make a call? And I'm like, yeah, you're going to be the first one. I did tell some of them. What are you going to do, call the police? I'm like, no, we're going to call an ambulance. We don't call the police here. But I found the the best way to 99% of the time resolved all situations was when I said to him, you're not in trouble. Because like I said, I always caught there before anything happened. Right? Uh Uh-huh. As soon as I tell them that, they would automatically calm down. And then I had my spiel of like, look, man, we don't want to scare the women. All these women are in here. We don't want to scare them. Why do you want to do that? I was like, I tell you what, won't you do this for me? You know, we'll be friends. You leave tonight and you come back in here tomorrow night. I will cover your cover charge and I'll buy your first drink. But all you got to do is go home for the night and they always left and they always came back the next day and thanked me because they were like man I've been kicked out of everywhere I should have been kicked out of here last night but you didn't kick me out and I was like you didn't do anything wrong dude <laughs> I mean, that is I'll a good s- diffuser because that is like the instant go to when stuff starts to get ruckus I'm calling the cops but instantly yeah, I'll be like, no, man, you're not in trouble. You know, I can look at two guys staring at each other across the bar, you know. I had people that were regulars would tell me, hey, that dude just had sex with that dude's wife. They might be a fight, you know, and I'll look up and I'll see both of them staring at each other, <laughs> you know. So I go walk. A shot of tequila. Yeah, I go walk over <laughs> and diffuse it. Like, dude, you're not in trouble. I get what's going on here. I get it, but we can't have that. My rule is we do not scare the women. I was like, you've been in here before? You like all the women in here? They're like, yeah. That's like, a good rule, too. Yeah, also, the other another rule was the uh, the bathrooms, especially the women's bathrooms were kept spotless. And women's are... They're nasty. So... Keeping them spotless. What the women that patron the bar? Any bar. It seems like women's bathrooms are always just ew. And they're always picky about it. They're like the bathrooms are gross. <laughs> it's like, well, it's your, it's your kind's fault. 
Yeah, well, I would have had them. They were all nice and clean. I had mirrors up. Most of them like it, but, you know, some drunk girl goes in there and gets freaky. I'm like, really? You got to spray all over the wall? Dudes don't do that. Dudes will pee all over everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But they are usually not pooping on the wall. Ugh. But I think what it is is women are more apt to not sit on the exactly, toilet. Exactly, yeah. I, I think I'll put that together. Like, it's gross in here. I'm just going to stand up and hope this works out. <laughs> they make it worse. I got a uh, promotion cleaning up a lady's bathroom at a Red Lobster way back when, when I was young, and a bouncer, or not a bouncer, a busser. Bouncer at a Red Lobster, that'd be, that'd be in the hood. Been like, damn. <laughs> well, that was back in the day. It was nice. Yeah, it used to be a fancy place. Yeah, it was back when it was fancy, but some girl went in there. I remember walking in there, and I was like, no, I quit. Manager's <laughs> like, what? I was like, no, man, I bust tables. I don't know. No. I'll do anything. I was like, anything? She's like, yeah. I was like, I'll go do it. You make me a server. She's like, okay. I was like, all right. <laughs> you know, went in there and cleaned it up. One time deal. But I was like, oh my god. And actually, I did go back probably six months later and clean up another one for her. Jeez. And I did it for free because she kept her word and made me a good waiter, you know, and didn't mess with me. I'm like, okay, I got this one. We're even. Tell you what, I cleaned porta potties last uh, spring summer. That's a that's a good experience. I had a friend of mine whose mom and dad owned a porta potty company out in uh, Moab, Utah, and I thought they had the cleverest name for their porta potty. It was called Prairie Dog. Jeez, yeah, the one I worked for was called Honey Bucket. <laughs> Equally gross. But I love Prairie Dog. I thought that was funny. I grew up in my hometown. They were called Johnny on the Spot. Yeah, I've heard that a lot, too. My biggest problem with them was uh, when I had to work in uh, downtown Denver and stuff because of the homeless people. They just, like, you'd figure that's their only bathroom. You'd think they would take care of it, but they just freaking destroy them. Throw all these clothes. Anything they can throw in the toilet, they do. Clothes. One time I pulled out, like, a briefcase. It's like, what are you doing? Why do you think this should go in the toilet? Yeah, I'm like, man, you have no social skills. That's that's why you're an idiot. Like, I almost got in a fight with a couple of them a couple times. Because, like, I, I would do the same toilets over and over. And I would come to a toilet where I knew it was, like, beat up and, like... If the if they were beat up, we would call them in. But the the ones the city pay for or pay for them, let them like get like destroyed before they pay for them. And so I came up to one. I knew there was no seat in there, and I was like knocked on it. And the dudes in there, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I know there's no seat in there. I was like, get out of the bathroom. And he comes out and he's like trying to like you know, get on on my face. And he's like, what's your manager's number? I'm gonna call him. I'm like, yeah, you do that. It's like, let's see how far this goes. I wanted to tell him, what, I almost said, like, you don't even have a phone. And I was like, oh, I don't want to actually fight this guy. That might set him off because we were, we were going back and forth for a minute. And I don't want to try to fight too many bums. 
No, but, uh, that don't work out either. One of the one of the weirdest things I'd seen was I kept seeing uh, like burned foil in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, they're just you know smoking crack or whatever. But then I was talking to a lady at Subway, and she had told me that no, they weren't smoking crack. They're smoking fentanyl off that uh, foil. And fentanyl is a huge problem around here, and all the bums are freaking wasted smoking fentanyl. Fentanyl. Pretty gross. I, here's a little smelling job. I went to, uh, was working in this giant warehouse in uh, Clearwater. And uh, it's pretty much empty. And we got a bathroom in it. And we're refurbishing and remodeling and putting up new walls and taking down walls and taking out bathrooms and putting in shower rooms. Anyway. One whole side of it was still mostly not used, and we had a bathroom over there. And the owner, who I was working for, his cousin worked there also. So I go in the bathroom and uh, was uh, smelled while he was in there. <laughs> smelled like burning wire. And yeah. uh, so that automatically told me dude was smoking crack. <clears throat> and so uh, I was like okay so I did my thing and left and went out and told his owner or his cousin also I'm like hey man uh, I don't know what your cousin's doing in the bathroom because he's like he uh, smoking drugs I'm like no he instantly knows I was like, I was like, no, no, dude, he's not smoking drugs. He's like, well, what's he doing? I was like, he's in the bathroom. It's all locked up, and smells like he's burning wire. <laughs> smells like yeah. burnt wire. And he looked at Toxic me. Toxic smoke. Yeah, I'm like, uh, but yeah, that was my way of. I didn't want to say your cousin's in there smoking crack. Yeah, you're gonna. You always got to deny that you know what crack smoke smells like. First of all. Well, you know, I had a uh, a friend of mine who uh, his son-in-law burned up a uh, drill, a Dewalt drill, oh, yeah. one one night when we were all standing around there. Now my buddy was a uh, used to be a crackhead, and he smelt that wire burning right, and he was like, "Man, it's been three years since I've smoked crack, and smelling that wire." is making my mouth water. Ugh. If I wasn't a three-hour drive from the nearest crack dealer I know, I would go get some right now, dude. I want to smoke it so bad. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. damn, dude. Like I always said, I was like, man, I'm just way too lazy to have a drug problem. Practice friggin' super short high, too. That's why, like... uh I wouldn't say it makes sense, but it's like understandable why people get addicted to meth because it's a long high and it's cheap. So it's like not hard to get even when you're poor. But uh, crack was kind of expensive because it was coke, and the high was like 15 minutes. I've been told, or maybe less than that, five minutes or something. I don't know. They were always chasing the dragon after that baby. That with heroin, sure. and they're always they chasing like their first high. Yep, and they never got it. Yeah. And then I would watch like idiots 
crawling around looking for crack in the carpet. Uh-huh. How much effort are you going to put in? I got pulled <laughs> over one night for <clears throat> being out real late in Moab, coming out of the desert. Local police pulled me over at like 3 o'clock in the morning in town. And uh, he's like, you know why I pulled you over? And I'm like, no, dude, normally I like to have an answer for that question. You know, <laughs> like tail lights out or I didn't use a blinker. But no, no, dude, I don't know. He's like, well, you were doing 20 and a 25. And he's like, now that's not illegal. <laughs> seems suspicious. Yeah, that was pretty much what he was saying. He's like, your your turn. And I remember I did turn slow because I was kind of following him. Or he went another direction. I was seeing where he went. So I kind of slowed in my turn. You were behind him? He was ahead of me. Yeah. Like, not real close. You know, we're, we're probably... It's even weirder than... 70 yards weird. away from each other. And uh, so he turned around and came and pulled me over. <clears throat> So, and he's like, yeah, we get a lot of people out here with uh, drug problems out doing things. And I was like, all right, dude. I was like, stop. And he's like, what? I was like, I'm going to have to be honest with you. I wish I could afford a drug problem. I got a electric bill problem. I got a water bill problem. <laughs> I got a house payment problem. It's like, yeah, this guy's sober. You know? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I want a drug problem, dude, but I can't afford one. You're uh, probably familiar with where Grand Junction is, isn't it? Are you? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was a, a, a like a right about a two-hour drive from Moab. That was our big city to go to. Is there, there's not much in between those two towns, is there? No, yeah, no, not so. unless you know you're not going to run into anything. Uh, that town's got like major meth problems right now for sure and that's a shame it was a pretty little town back in the 80's downtown was neat I think it's still pretty cool but I just have heard from a few people that it's serious meth issues there well there's a college town there's a VA and they're all right downtown together too you know they're not real far apart I imagine there's homeless around there somewhere. Yeah, there's tons of homeless here. They're really empathetic and like really relaxed. All the counties set different drug laws, but like like I was talking about downtown Denver, the the drug laws down there are ridiculous. Like so laxed. You can have a three and a half grams of cocaine or almost any drug, and they just take it away from you. You have an eighth of like anything, basically. Just let you go. Yep, they're like, hey, no, 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 that's, that's, you can't have that. Give me that. Yeah. I personally think people ought to be able to do whatever drugs they want to do. Oh, I, I, I think personal freedom kind of thing, yeah, but, you know, they, they support these people too. That's the major problem is they're giving out a lot of aid to these mentally ill people downtown. There's tents everywhere. 
Well, see, and they need to put their asses somewhere else. They need to put them in one of those FEMA camps, make them a little village, and the idea is to get them straightened up and out of there. They got those camps around town, too. Like, little, like, luxury tents and stuff. I think there's, like, no drug rules there. Right, I'm sure that works. I mean, they definitely seem more, more like, uh, less mentally ill homeless people, honestly. They were, I, I cleaned some of those too, and the people in there seemed like they were maybe actually trying to get their lives going somewhere. Well, cool. There's always so, that. Some people I do mean, need a hand. Yeah, exactly. They weren't, uh, uh, uh where go with this? They weren't nice, and, but, uh, they were white like dealing with the homeless people. I always tell my daughter that same thing about uh, most, you know, 99% of the people that are living on the streets there don't have to be. And then one day I gave one a hand and helped him out. And uh, I told her, I was like, see, I was like, they're not all, they're not all a waste of time. I was like, but, you know, 99% you got to be careful because they're not good people. And they're lying. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I just, I just like interacted with him because I seen that he had a flat tire on his bike and I was talking to him about it and, you know, we talked for a second and, and like almost always when you talk to those people, it's, can you help me at this point? And he was just like, oh, you know, I'm just doing this and this. And I was like, he never asked for help. And I'm, I was like, you know, I seen he needed a tire eventually. And I was like, what size is that tire? And he's like 26. And I was like, I got one at my house. And it was like free by my house. I was like, come over there and I'll give it to you. So I like, came over and. We talked for a while, and my daughter was sitting here while I was going on, and you could tell he's a good dude. He said he moved away from downtown because he had a drug addiction and he couldn't kick drugs because he was living downtown with the druggies. I was instantly like, I was like, yeah, I was like, see, like this dude is actually trying to fix his life. Yeah, it's like a buddy of mine's daughter who's been on it all for many years now, and she can't get past all the people she hangs around with she can't do yep. it you know and me and her father have <laughs> we've gone into crack houses or meth houses drug houses and drug her out of there that was fun I yeah remember. I have a lady friend who's oh so sorry well, we had a, uh, my buddy was a little worried about the numbers and the danger. And I was like, dude, these are all crackheads, meth heads. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, early. we work, we eat right, we, you know, <laughs> we're in physical good conditions, you know. I was like, you know, at that time we were pounding nails with hammers, <laughs> you know. I was like, I'm not worried about some meth head. You know, as I'll long pick... as they don't swarm. Usually, they're not very organized. Yeah. And after I we came through, <laughs> we had a couple <laughs> baseball bats. I remember like smacking that a helps. baseball bat by some guy's head real loud, and he about pissed his pants, and he pointed up to where we needed to go. Leave me alone. Go over there. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Just trying to get high. You're ruining my buzz. I will eat you. <laughs> That's pretty scary when you're on hardcore drugs. <laughs> you can believe it. This guy's actually gonna eat me. Yeah, it was dark, and we walked right on in, and 
grabbed her and come out. There's some of them mouthy. Turn around, point a baseball bat at him. They sit back down. Like, dude. And I played baseball my whole life. I could have quite possibly been the worst baseball hitter at the, at the plate. <laughs> but otherwise, I had mad baseball skills. My, my favorite pitch... My favorite pitch was the uh, three and two pitch, right? I'd look over to my third base coach and he'd tell me to, uh, or no, it'd be the three and O pitch. And I'd look over at him and he'd give me the take, right? Like, hopefully they'll throw a ball and I'll walk to first. Well, I've played enough baseball to know the next pitch was going to be a fastball right down the middle, right? That's when they don't swing on three and O. And so I would just like line right in it, man. Pow! <laughs> Knock at the. I was, I was always really good when I was down in the count or early in the count. And I hit a lot of like first pitch hits. I had played with yeah. like the same group of guys. Mark Neal, I grew up with him and his brother. And uh, we were good friends, but we were on different teams at this point in our life. And. Uh, and we messed with each other, right? He was like the catcher of this team, so he's a little loopy anyway, right? A little crazy. And uh, <laughs> catchers are always loopy. But he uh, he would give me my pitches. I could turn around, talk to him. I'm like, "Hey, Mark, can you give me a fastball?" He's like, "Okay, man." You know, he loved me. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd get a fastball and I'd smack it, and he'd always run the first base with me every time I took the off catcher. the first base. Yeah, he'd run right beside <laughs> of me the whole way. But like, you know, you doing? we grew up. He was a couple years older than me. I looked up to him. Right, he had this real crazy brother, Jimmy. Real crazy. He's in my grade. Scared most of the people in there. I could barely get along with him, right? So Mark comes over and he's like, Hey man, I need you to do me a favor. And I'm like, what? This is like in ninth grade. I need you to get my brother socially acceptable. And I'm like, what? a favor. What? (laughs) You know, I could barely get along with him. I'm like one of the few people who can barely get along with him. I think he wants to punch me, but... doesn't know how I'm going to react. <laughs> but anyway, I would come over in the morning, pick him up, take him to school, try to get him going on. Because I remember he's like, fuck you, I ain't going with you. And I'm like, dude, you're going with me. Mark asked me to do this. You know, you're an asshole. We're going to try to make you not an asshole anymore. <laughs> this is like a year-long project at least, though, probably. It was a little <laughs> while. Anyway, he was an epic failure at it. He did not like people. And uh, so he eventually went away. And I, I got I got props for trying to help him out, right? And uh, so it was probably about 10 years later, I run into old Mark. and was like, hey, man, how's your fucking brother Jimmy? He's like, oh, man, he, he died in a knife fight in the bar. Jeez. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. I was like, I knew that's how he was going to go out, dude. I knew <laughs> that's, that's how he was going to happen. Because scenario a million times in my head. The only yeah, he was going to fight fair. He wasn't going to ever, ever have a weapon in 
and he was kind of scary so he would have been a hell of an athlete yeah it's always disappointing when you see people like that could could have directed their craziness towards another angle yeah what a waste I knew this one dude who was always like oh, this amazing football player. We played in flag football, and I was like, "Dude, why don't you play in high school?" He's like, "Ah, fuck that. I wanna wanna get high, anyways." <laughs> okay. Now, normally I mean, we we played in a really good like semi-pro flag football league, and uh, he was in high school still, and he's he's just like, "No, nah, I don't care." And he would, he would go out there and just like without trying dominate. Right. Well, like so when it it came to baseball. I was like a player coach, right? Like I played in what they called the Babe Ruth League. So I was playing against people I grew up with and people around me that I competed with in other sports, right? Playing these baseball games. And uh, I had part of a team... And I went and recruited the rest of the team. And I recruited the Bad News Bears. We would have we kicked the Bad News Bears' ass. And Weren't they kids? They were kids, but we were kids. We were probably in... Well, we were probably in 11th yeah, cause grade. Yeah, because it wasn't high school. It was what grade? We were probably about 11th grade, but we were... 11th grade? Yeah. And there was that like an actual league? Yeah, it was Babe Ruth. It was like a summer league for baseball players. Okay, in high school, it was like uh It wasn't a high school team. Yeah, it would have been. Like, I'm trying to think of the name because they have something like that now. That it probably would have been like the. Uh, what it's called? Eastern. Something was like the other thing, but I'd talk to all these different guys I grew up with, and most of them didn't like each other. But I knew them all. I knew their talents. I knew everything about them and what I could get out of them on a baseball field, right? If we could just keep our shit together. And I even had a guy named Tracy Burgess. Tracy Burgess had the uh, the the feathered hair, right? And he had the big old comb in his back pocket, even in his baseball uniform. And he usually had two really tall pretty girls with him wherever he went he was like really cool he was too cool for the rest of us yeah always more than one girl and he was like super cool he was cooler than the coolest other people in school you know how you have your popular crowd yep yeah he was like way above them and uh group yeah and and i was friends with everybody so i talked him into um playing baseball and I remember my pitch was because uh, he said something he's like well dude you're not really a good baseball player and I'm like man I got skills I was like but yeah you're right I was like I'm going to play right field you know and like right field if you play right field your next position is the bench you know usually, <laughs> usually you get your worst player over in the right field that's where I played you know and I was like, but I knew Tracy Burgess. I was like, you're going to play center field. He's like, yeah. I was like, so you can cover most of me, <laughs> you know. In right field? Yeah. <laughs> As, you know, and then I knew that I didn't have an arm to throw from 
right field to home plate. But I knew when Tracy Burgess was standing there beside of me, running over there to me, because he was so damn fast, he could be right by me in no time, that I could just toss him a ball, and he could throw from center field all the way to home plate. Or second base or third base. He just had that kind of talent. This was the kind of guy he was. When Tracy Burgess slid into third or second base, he stood up, he was clean, He'd pull his comb out of his back pocket and start combing yeah, his comb hair. On him. Yeah. <laughs> one of those little black ones? No, it was actually a yellow one. Okay. I it yellow. A I big old giant yellow comb. <clears throat> Hilarious. And then he would get out of the game and there'd be those two girls out there. Yeah, that was uh we uh we had fun. We didn't lose. We did not lose, and when we showed up, we looked like a ragtag bunch of people. But I had special skills. And by that, that meant I could sit at second base (coughs) and talk to a guy I knew and uh, talk to him about the other guy, the shortstop over there, and knowing that he'd been having sex with his girlfriend. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. Bobby, Chris has been sleeping with your girlfriend. And I remember Bobby throwing his glove down, running right over to the shortstop, started punching on him, and I walked to third base. (laughs) I was like, ah, sucker. (laughs) You had to be holding on to that for a minute, waiting for the ultimate opportunity. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like I said, I grew up with these guys. I knew them. I knew every failing about them. You know, like I played against them in Little League on different teams. I watched them all. By the time I, my junior year doing this league, I was reading the third base coach's signals. I knew by the third ending everything that guy was telling the batter to do or anybody on the field to do. Reading signs, that helps. And I remember one of them coming over and telling me I was cheating. I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, I just know what he's saying. You know, it might be immoral, but uh, it is not cheating, dude. You can come up with different codes and make me work it more. Yeah. There's, there's, you should change them every now and then. Well, yeah, I'd sit there and watch him and see what happens when he did things and see what people did and you know all I had to do is find that one little spot where you know I'm going to hit this spot and the next thing is going to be what I want you to do bunt take whatever you know still because I'll be like sitting there in the dugout going hey man he's going to still Like <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he knows our signs. Yep, I remember old Joe Payton come over. He was a big old daddy too. You know what I'm saying? Cussing at me, thought he might slap me, but I was like, no, dude, I am not cheating. Not in our playbooks. I'm allowed to do no, that. No, it's only cheating. I think if you tell, I guess, I guess when you were telling them that they were going to steal, maybe that's 
I'm not sure what the, the lines at there, but uh, I know you're like not allowed to steal signs. I would say I was stealing them. I was just sitting there watching the third baseman. I know, but but remember, like uh, I don't know if you remember. If you I know a few years ago, the Astros got in trouble for the same thing, but I don't know what the stipulations are. Well, they probably changed the rules because of me. <laughs> that makes sense. All the way up to the pros. Yeah, like this guy's got. There, there have been rules in America that have been changed because of me. Yep. I can, uh, it's been a long time. I had like a little, um, we'll call it a credit card fraud thing going on. You're going to trick a loophole? I found a little something something in things. And, uh, I should have gone to prison. But as it turned out. <laughs> I had done such a spectacular job at, you know, defeating their security that they did not want anybody to know that this dumbass had just robbed them. <laughs> they would rather like take that. the bite and not tell anybody what happened. Like that uh, movie with Leonardo DiCaprio when he's a uh, check frauder and he ends up working for, like, the... FBI at the end because we're like uh, you're actually really good you know all the tricks you should work for us you should work for us no mine was uh, unique it was a one time thing kind of thing I can get away with it now but honestly I didn't get away with it I was caught but they're like we the banks don't want to prosecute <laughs> they'll have to tell the shareholders what happened I'm like great <laughs> that works out so I don't need that money so it's, uh, give me my freedom still yeah I got to keep everything most of it was gone I remember my dad saying what'd you do with that and I was like I greased the wheels <laughs> <laughs> and he knew yep. what I meant they always, uh, what is it like? Easy, easy money is easy, easily lost. Yeah. Well, I I made sure the right kind of people got money from me. That makes a crime like kind of, kind of uh, Robin Hoodish. Well, I kind the kind of people that got money from me would be like looking out for me later. Like I just did them a favor. Like cool. I'm like I've just greased the wheel. I can get away with a lot more crap now. <laughs> Got a lot of uh, a lot of credit. And uh, but honestly, I thought I was going to prison. I remember before I left that day, I told my dad everything. Right. And uh, I was like, so he's like, you think you're going to prison? I'm like, I'm pretty sure. They're going to either see you later or see you a lot later. No, we would have had a lawyer. I was in my hometown. I'd already greased the palms. That money was already gone. But then, 
you know, that happened. I remember walking out of there thinking, when they're like, okay, everything's done. I'm like, everything's done? I can leave? I can walk out of here? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. They're going to arrest me in the hallway. <laughs> got, in a, show. got in the hallway, nobody there. I was like, okay. I walked to the elevator. I'm like, okay, they're going to arrest me at the elevator in the lobby. I got down there. Nobody. Okay, they must all be outside the door. I walk outside the door. There's nobody anywhere around the sidewalk. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't, like I don't know what you just did to these people, but thank you. Not that I was being very Christian, but I, oh, I did have faith. But I think I, I felt good doing what I was doing there. To be honest with you, I thought I was taking advantage of the absolute right people to take advantage of like I wasn't robbing you per se I was robbing major credit card companies (laughs) affiliated with banks it wasn't a real long thing and I probably did it like two times too many when I would have been okay. I was being greedy, and I knew I was being greedy, but I was uh, wanting to do something. I can't remember now. And I did it. I got my money. But I was never denied money. Money, 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 money. You know, I thought this podcast was going to go a whole lot different. There was no direction. Well, I pulled up... It's pretty easy, though. <laughs> I pulled up the uh, the news on Google. Let's, uh, unless there's something in the uh, marijuana thing, you need to get in there real quick. Nope. You got any... I've got a lot of weed talk, but nothing that's relevant currently. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I, I told one about the uh, Huntington Vice the other night on... Uh, Guy Fox, I think we might come back. The uh, the Huntington Vice. Oh, the the caps. Yeah, coming to the hotel I worked in. The um, we were talking about my hometown is called Little Detroit. Doesn't sound good. I know Detroit a lot. And um, (laughs) there was a Detroit crack dealer that would come to this hotel I worked in and uh, I always charged him like way too much and pocketed the rest right I would get the hotel whatever the room charge was and put two or three times more than that in my pocket and let him have a room and he'd been doing that for a while and I, I was assuming he was bringing crack down to sell to my hometown, but I didn't know. But I could make money off of him. And uh, one night, after smoking some very kind weed, some Afghanistan indica, let me know. Afghanistan. <laughs> that was the, the stuff of legend at that time. Yeah, I had a three year run on that weed. It was awesome. It was a medicinal weed out of some laboratory in 
Florida that I learned how to clone and yeah, Oops. yeah, it was it was awesome. But anyway, I'd smoked a couple hits of that. that. Is a thing of legends. And uh, stood back behind the uh, front desk because it was like a little after two. I'd finished the night audit, and that's why I was smoking weed because I was done doing what I was doing till seven o'clock in the morning. And uh, some hippy, dirty-looking guy walks up with a big uh, chain around his neck and a big old gold bed telling me he's a Huntington Vice and he's looking for my guy. Right? And he's like, I need you to tell me what room he's in. I'm like, I can't tell you what room he's in. That's our whole thing here. <laughs> telling you what room they're in. You know? And, uh... It's kind of part of the deal. Yeah, so he's like, okay, I'm coming back. Don't go anywhere. I'm coming back with a search warrant. And I'm like, okay. That works for me. So I walked over to my little procedure. hidden compartment and called that dude and told him he had to go. And he's like, thank you, and left. And never saw him again. But it was this giant hotel. And then in my hometown, if uh, the uh, local bands, or not local bands, but out-of-town bands would show up, they'd stay there under uh, pseudonyms. Or uh, different fake names. Yeah. That took me a minute to figure out. So I remember I partied with a band called Firehouse one night. Got them baked. (laughs) They're probably happy. Yeah, because he's like, oh no, dude, I smoke really good weed. And I was like, dude, I got the shit that killed Elvis. Only person to ever die from weed is Elvis. Little known fact. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got it. And the smoke, that was that Afghanistan indica. And he was baked. That dude, the lead singer of Firehouse, was checking people in and out at that hotel that night. <laughs> you let him do your job? Oh, yeah. I showed him oh, how yes. to do it. He wanted to do it. It's like, uh,. This is fun. Real people stuff. I'm like one of the working men. You know, we exchanged numbers, and he used to call me a bunch from different concerts and different women on there talking to me, and it was kind of <laughs> wild, and then it just got kind of boring. I'm like, all right. Listen, man, I can't do this long-distance friendship thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was kind of cool. But I remember he was like, firehouse. I'm like, you mean the fire station? I was like, that's two blocks that way. <laughs> oh, it's the band. It's like the stay. Yeah, he was he there. Was like, see, it was like blowing off a chick. He was instantly like, I kind of like this guy. I don't know why. Should be friends. Yeah, he, they were like the opening band for like, I don't know, Bon Jovi or something like that that night. Seems like they had a couple hits. I remember hearing the name before, but I don't know any of their songs. I didn't know who they were. I remember telling them, like, y'all, anything like Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd? <laughs> like, no. And I'm like, all right, well, that's about where I'm at, baby. I like Firehouse subs now. They're pretty good. So, well, on a completely different note, how about, and I don't know his name, old dude from the Bills-Giants game. Getting, oh, yeah. I don't know his name either. 
think it's Harmon something. I want to say Darren Harmon, but I don't know if that's right. Uh, Demar Hamlin. Oh, okay. They see. I had a D and an H, didn't I? There, yeah, there he is, Demar Hamlin. Yeah. What did I say? Something similar. Some other black name. Breathing tube removed. Buffalo <clears throat> safely FaceTimes the bill. I love you, boys. He says. I didn't see the hit. Uh, you, you haven't seen it? No. Nope. I have a video. I can send it to you. It's it's really uh, not violent looking at all. Well, somebody was talking about putting a uh, a uh, highlight clip of uh, John Lynch's hit. Oh, God. And, uh, and they're like, he was hitting people. A with... certain one? or Yeah, you watch any of those older safeties of the highlights of them, they're just like... It's understandable why I think football players' lives are extending a little bit, but for I, I know the stat used to be like they only lived to fifty three, most of them on average. And you watch some of those old highlights, and it's like, yeah, I see why. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean they they hit hard now, but it's just like it seemed like they were there was like no penalties either. You see, like quarterbacks taking insanely late brutal hits. Yeah, well, um, talking about Tom Brady, we're talking about him here with a local Tampa Bay fan, and he was talking about how awesome, you know, uh, Montana, or not Montana, but Tom Brady running with the ball. And, uh, and I'm so like, yeah. Running with the ball? I'm like, uh, he wouldn't have been doing that at 45 with Lyle Alzado on the field. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> There's a in like two thousand had to be like two thousand two or three. He he took this hit in uh, Buffalo, I think. I want to say it was Buffalo. I can't remember who it was from though. But his helmet goes flying off in the hit, like a hit that they would probably eject the guy for now. I always play that. I'm like, man, this is so brutal. I'll try and send you that too because it's it's, uh, it's frightening. <laughs> well, I grew up from like. I don't know, first grade playing football. Yeah, I played forever. And uh, our coaches were always about hurting the other team. There were, like, no mercy. I just think there's, like, more speed now, so the hits are a little, maybe a little worse. I don't, I don't know. I know they protect the players more, but, like, the the games come across as two different things, and I think it's because of the speed. Because everybody's so fast now. Well, I know. I I mean, they were, speed they were wasn't my thing. Then, that was not my thing. But I had great technical skills, so I know how to lay a hit into you. So, always had the good technical skills, like basketball. And my basketball game was uh, awesome because of the uh, crap talking. I'd get those people so mad, dude. (laughs) And I had some unorthodox methods, too. And one of them, and these people hated it. Man, they'd want to punch me in the face. They'd slap my hand, too, and they'd get a foul called on it. But I'd stick my hand right up in front of their face. as like as close yeah. as I could get it. 
That was and one of I, my dad's tactics. And I'd keep it right in front of their hand or in their face, and then I'd take my other hand and it would follow the ball. And then they just get mad. That's I'll, hilarious. I remember my dad always doing that too. And then when the games were getting, he, he played basketball here and there. But I remember him a couple of games when they were getting like actually kind of a little serious. He would he would do that, and I could see it totally piss people off. And it's like I'm not touching this. This is legal. And he played good defense too. So, yeah, so I was like a good infuriating. Deep. Yeah, I was like, Dad, I kind of like at the time, like kind of like felt like he was a little bit of a jerk. But then later, I was like, that was awesome. You know, and I was the type of player like I couldn't run down and set up and shoot a three point, but if like if you're guarding me and I'm outside the three point and you stop and you step back a couple steps away from me to give me the shot and I got like a bounce or two in and then I could sink it then. Yep. You know, I'd be like, Oh, you're gonna let me set up? <laughs> okay. This I can do this. Shooting drill. <laughs> But to like just come down with the ball and stop and shoot, no. Or at the foul line, I was good at the foul line. It's a place where everybody should not miss from, basically seven out of ten times, hopefully. So that was good, and we never lost. We were real good. <clears throat> and our uh, the same guys I grew up with, they played high school high school basketball, but I played uh, high school res- wrestling, and that was at the same time. Yeah, I had to make a decision. Yeah, and I liked wrestling because it was all on me. If I lost, it was me. There wasn't anybody else to blame. And I didn't yeah, like losing anyway. I was competitive. And like I said, I've always hated those damn unitards they make us wear. Hated that. Yeah, like, some of the manliest men are in wrestling, but uh, that was always my problem with it, was man on man. Yeah, so I always tried to make my rounds as quick as possible. (laughs) I never, I can't remember going to the third round, but maybe once or twice. They didn't have it at my high school when I was there either, so it wasn't was never an option. I'm like, no. I was I was all right. I got trophies. I wasn't an athlete, but I was a good uh, student. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wasn't an athlete, but I believed I could do whatever anybody else did. <clears throat> Except I could not ever throw a 70-yard football. No, if you can throw a football 70 yards, you're pretty good. Now, I had some friends that were... You can throw you know, one of those Nerf turbos. I had some really talented people that I played with. A lot of them went on to become coaches in college that I went up against. But I remember, like I said, I played uh, right field in uh, in my hometown but I went out to Utah for a season and uh, of 
qualified for the uh, center field, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not center field. <laughs> but then I realized the caliber of guys that I had been playing with and growing up with and the teams that we were playing yeah. were just a so much better caliber than these people here where I was at. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. I'm actually kind of good, actually. I'm I'm actually really good. If I was at just you know here, I'm the center. Yeah, center there, fielder. I'm just, a, I'm just a guy over here. I'm, I'm the, in this field. I'm a superstar, basically. Yeah, back home, I'm <laughs> either going to play right field or sit the bench. <laughs> but out here, no, I'm cool. Yeah, that was fun. All right, let's let's do a couple headlines real quick. What do you think? Yeah, that's like the third time we said we were gonna. <laughs> How about uh, Kevin McCarthy loses the House Speakership vote for the fourteenth time? What was the first time they voted on it? This was it recent. That fourteen that's happening like, like over and over. Like a couple days ago. <laughs> that's <Cox>. what I thought. <laughs> okay, wait, re vote, re vote. Okay, okay. I'm like, I don't care for him, but I don't know how that is, and I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not informed enough to really be saying who should be voting for who. But, you know, if you don't like the guy, don't vote for him. Yeah, uh, I guess I never really knew the the total process of that, but it almost seems like there should just be a couple people up for vote, and then they vote for who they want to vote instead of yes-nos. I don't know. Yeah, I heard that somebody threw up Donald Trump's name. Speaker. So. Can anybody be it? Yeah, anybody can be it. Okay, so you don't have to be like I thought it had to be like a uh, senator or congressman. You'd think it should be. I mean, I think it always has been, but as far as I know, how about this one? Stranger Things. Are you familiar with the old? Oh yeah, Netflix Stranger Things looks like Noah. What's his name? Snap comes out as gay. (laughs) Me and uh, John have been talking about that for a while about how annoyed we are with the little the little plots they're inserting with like stuff like that. Well, you know, I was just kind of pulling as him being sensitive. I remember talking about that with John. John's well, like, no, well, he's gay. Yeah, as soon as he told me about that part at the beginning, because I know I remember watching it, and then when he mentioned it about him recoiling when that girl like touched him, he's like, I think they're trying to make him gay. And I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because oh, oh, I've seen a lot of other stuff that was going on, and then <clears throat> I remember that that part, and I was like, yeah, yeah. It was a little black yeah. girl in class yep. that touched him. I thought he was just racist. I'm like, oh, you're a little creep. <laughs> well, how about this uh, one? Will, Teach- that's his name, I think. Yeah, Will. He the, uh, I guess the star or the. I don't like him. I think the star is probably uh, that Mike Mike kid and uh, it's actually probably that kid with the funny teeth, Dustin. Dustin is my favorite. I think he got his teeth fixed. Well, good. Some some weird disorder going on there. And I here his, we. His, I think they were like pointed like kind of like a like a V. We had a lisp or something. <clears throat> Teacher right. shot by six year old with gun Jeez. in U.S. classroom. 
first of all. I'm guessing it was an assault rifle, so we should ban those. Right. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty... Uh, was it an accident or did the kid come in there shooting? And that's an Al Jazeera. Let's see. It could be anywhere. I want to say... Nope. Uh, teacher shot by a six-year-old with gun in U.S. classroom. No, I heard this story, but I, don't, I, I didn't. I only heard a piece of it. A teacher in Virginia. Virginia. Okay. During an altercation inside the first-grade classroom. Jeez. I yelled at him for coloring outside the lines. No students were injured. The teacher. The teacher was in her 30s, suffered light threatening energy, inner injuries. Injuries. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second too. I was like, what's the word? I was going to say injury or energies. Like, no, that's not right. The Newport Police Chief said uh, her condition has improved somewhat by late afternoon. Police say the child had a gas uh, handgun in the classroom and took it out in custody. They arrested the student. The shooting was not an accident. Uh, How about that? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you just instantly got to figure his, his parents are absolute pieces of garbage, so. You know, look uh, at me. I took a weeble wobble to school. <laughs> you know, I got in trouble for some stuff, but it definitely wasn't packing a pistol at school. I had lots of access to guns, but I was not taking them to school. Oh, and Mr. Creepy Idaho murder suspect Brian Koberger. Oh. Clean card and was seen wearing surgical gloves. What a loser. Doesn't sound like a very friendly story. Yeah. It's kind of sad. It's kind of weird and creepy. Stupid people. That's why, like, a lot of people don't even watch the news because they're like, it's just all bad stuff. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know what you can have. Yeah, not a lot of good you gotta, you gotta stuff. You got to know what's going it? on. You got to know what's going on, even if it's bad stuff. I mean, that's the hard part. You can't just turn it off. Well, like Denzel said, if you're reading a newspaper, you're uh, misinformed, and if you're not reading the, uh, or no, if you are reading the newspaper, you're uninformed and if you're reading not reading the uh, paper you're misinformed something like that I can't get it right yeah it was a lot cooler when Denzel said it of course <laughs> it's a lot of the truth now for sure you gotta be careful what, where you're getting your news from well I sit and listen to him say it today and it was Denzel that said it Yeah, no, I think what it is, if you're not reading the papers, you're uninformed. If you're reading the papers, you're misinformed. 
That's how it went. Uh, yep. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. <clears throat> but that was Denzel. I heard him himself in an audio. I'm like, it was you, because I remember talking to somebody, and I was like, I think it was Denzel, but I don't know if it was in a movie, but it sounded like he was being interviewed. I didn't see the clip. I just heard the clip. Oh! I was wanting to talk about this with uh, Johnny the other night. And, uh... And where are we? I threw up his headline and he's like, What? What to talk about that? Pope Francis warns Vatican the devil... An elegant demon lurks among them. What? Yeah. December 22nd, he was speaking to these people at at, uh, Vatican and telling them that there's uh, demons walking among them. And in there. And then I was like, are you trying to say that whatever's getting ready to happen, you're going to blame on demons? Is that what's happening here? December twenty second. It was at his <clears throat> annual Christmas meetings to the Roman Curia. Where Francis told them by living in the heart of the Catholic Church we could easily fall into the temptation of thinking we are safe, better than others, no longer in need of conversion. Yet we are in great dangers than all others because we are beset by the elegant demon who does not make a loud entrance but comes in with flowers in his hands. That sounds super creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like he's being super creepy. It just sounds like whatever is happening is super creepy. Well, I was, stuff almost. I was talking to Matthew Miller, who is a Bible expert about demons. And I was like, are they out there now? It's not like, you know, anywhere in the New Testament... They didn't finish and kill all the demons. By the time the end of the New Testament was over, they hadn't. There were still demons, as far as I know. And yep. the demons that you run into in the Bible is uh, usually at the end of the town, and they're usually crazy, right? Like Jesus never went into town and found the mayor and cast demons out of him. But they're out there. But could they be? You know, like these were the demons that were crazy and living out at the end of town and like in tombs and things like that. I always just kind of assumed that they were still roaming around. Not, yeah. Not as, probably not as much as the, uh, the angels, but I always, I never really thought of it, but I always kind of just assumed that we are constantly surrounded by good and evil. In my lifetime, and I've been from one end of America to the other, and up and down it, and I've met maybe two evil people, 
and my whole time one of them died not long after I met him but he was evil and uh, the other one was still evil yeah and I like that same breath like uh, with the being surrounded by good and evil I always like to emphasize that you gotta invite the evil to be part of your presence before it's just gonna show up though it doesn't it's kind of like the the old vampire thing you gotta like invite them in they can't just come in you gotta let them know you're cool with them yeah I would definitely didn't let them know I was cool with them <laughs> no <laughs> it's a bad idea one of them be... the bigger baddest one that was alive and still is alive well, he might be dead now but I was sitting on a milk crate when he came up and told me he was going to kill me. And I laughed. <laughs> and he was like, you think you're funny? And I'm like, no, dude. I was like, but I do know one thing. I'm going to own your knee because I turned around and I looked right at it when I was sitting on this neat milk crate. And I turned around his knees right there. Like, I'm going to grab that leg and own it. You can beat on me or whatever, but I told him, I was like, you will never walk right again. I was like, I might be retarded, but you'll never walk right. And he turned around and walked away from me. Nothing happened. But his knee was like six inches away from my face. I'm like, I will own it. I I will make this knee do things that you didn't know it could do. And I know how to do it. I didn't tell him all that, but. That walking good again is a threat you want to take into consideration. Yeah, you do need to walk eventually. And he was one of those great big guys, and he didn't really have those big legs either. My brother was sitting there when that happened, and he's like, I don't know why you say things like that to people. And I was like, man, he was going to kick my butt. What else was I going to say? He's like, I don't know how that stuff works for you. I'm like, God loves me. Yep. I'm like, I didn't come up with that. I was just, you know, that's what I came up with, I guess. It just popped up. I didn't even, didn't even make sense at the time, but it just came out. It came out. Dude knew that his knee was going to be mine. I think I had just a little bit of a reputation that he knew. You said the same thing, like, about that, when you were telling that story about being, uh, in the alley or whatever and you were gonna you said you were like surrounded by a bunch of people and you had to fight like the leader of a gang or something wasn't that you I did a one at uh, in Florida and like I did a gang you asked him some weird question and instantly diffused the fight oh I thought the one in the bar yeah there was one in the bar Ivan that was one where it was a crazy guy. When my question to him was, when I finally got out to him, was, well, do you want to go out in the parking lot and wrestle around? Or do you want a hug? And he, like, ran at me and gave me a big, giant hug before I could move. And he became a real good buddy of mine. And, like, you said, you had said, like, I want to... Because I, I heard you said before, like you said, you 
he said something and later you were like I'm not even sure why I said that it just like came to me right it's like the same and that that um, that does sound almost uh, uh like divine intervention stuff like you know I've asked guys <laughs> too that wanted to kick my butt that uh I'm like hey man you got insurance and they're like what <laughs> I'm like you got health insurance and they're like no and I'm like well, why are you going around picking a fight with people you don't even know? I was like, I don't have insurance either, dude. And I can't afford a trip to the emergency room, so I can tell you how this is going to go. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to the emergency room. I can't afford to go there. Is this what you want to do? <coughs> and they just turn around and walk away, and I'm like, cool. Thank you, Jesus. Exactly the right thing that hits home to a certain person. The exact situation you need to. I'm like, sure, you might be able to kick my butt, but... what? Well, and another, my ultimate badass moment, I thought, because I had an audience of a guy that I respected as a complete badass, oh, Kaz. He had known that I would knocked a dude out in his bar with a pool stick one night and uh i'd been going into that bar for years and uh and he get real pissy about people fighting in his bars so the next night i walked in and was like hey Kev, man i i didn't start this fight but i broke one of your pool sticks and uh about these guys and he was like man screw that guy i don't care what he did he's like you've been coming in here for 10 years you can do whatever you want <laughs> he's like but you, he's like you can give me ten dollars for the pool stick though and i was like all right so a few a years stick. yeah a few years <laughs> later he's got a different bar and he's got this a uh, muslim iranian dude behind the bar with him that they were kind of buddies with but me and this muslim iranian dude had not gotten along for a couple years we'd had words and uh and I had to explain to him that he wasn't in Iran or Iraq or the Middle East. He was in my hometown. <laughs> Rules are a little different. Yeah. But this one night, he uh, he he was friends with a couple friends of mine. And these it was a man, a girl and a boy that I introduced. Like, I remember when I, I knew him, and then when I met the girl, I was like, oh... Amanda, I know the perfect dude for you. You two are meant for each other. And they hooked up with each other, right? And so they invited me to this bar. They were going to be at this bar. And they were also friends with this Iranian dude. But when I walked in, the boy wasn't there. Jason wasn't there, but Amanda was. And she gave me a big hug. And we sit down and bullshitted. And he came over there and was like, Hey, man, that's my buddy's girlfriend. And I don't like oh, you. Jeez sitting here talking to him and I was like dude leave me alone and uh, he wouldn't drop it wouldn't drop it and he was behind the bar and even Amanda and Jason finally came in no man he's our friend he's like no man and then Jeez. I uh, he was standing beside a Kaz who knows me right he knows what where I will go <laughs> and uh so I look at that dude, and I was like, I'll tell you what. Here's how this is going to work out tonight. I don't like you. You don't like me. But we need to end this. I was like, so here is the deal. I can buy you a drink, 
and we can forget about this and me and you can be buddies and we'll have a good old time tonight celebrating with Jason and Amanda and he's like or I was like or we can go spend a weekend in jail together motherfucker <laughs> and he started <laughs> laughing cellmates yeah, you go to my hometown in my hometown jail with my hometown brothers in there. Let's go there. And uh, but he starts laughing at Kaz, and he's like, "Hey, Kaz, can you imagine what this guy just said to me?" And Kaz was really good friends with this guy, and he got like a real pissy attitude with him. And he's like, "He asked you a fucking question, so you better answer it." He turned around and was like, I'll take a couple drinks. We can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else would be like, that's psychotic. He's like, yeah, you're my type. But yeah, but old Kaz, though, he knew. He's like, but I loved it when he turned to him. He's like, he asked you a fucking question. My boy here will knock you out with a pull stick. I've seen him, or I know he will. That was a good night, too. That pool stick. Here, here's what happens sometimes when I do go showing off. That pool stick went all the way around that guy's head, right? And it came right back at me and smacked me in the face and broke my glasses and put a big old gash in my eyebrow. What, what part did you hit him with it? Like right in the middle? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd choked like up. I'd up. hit him one time and he didn't even move. I was hitting him in the back, right? And so I choked up, stepped in, was like, BAM! <laughs> and he dropped like an accordion. And the uh, stick came around and smacked me. I didn't know it was a stick. I thought somebody else hit me until uh, yeah. somebody else said, that, No, dude, that was a pool stick. Yeah, in the heat of the moment, you don't even realize it, really. Because my glasses went flying. <laughs> I had blood coming down the side of my face. I was like, what in the hell just happened to me? But that was over a buddy of mine. He ended up paying for my new glasses. Because these two dudes were getting ready to kick his ass when I knocked dude out. Well, you might have saved him a beating then. Oh, he had it coming too, dude. We were playing these guys a game of pool. They were getting ready to like shoot from one side to the other side. The eight ball. The only two balls on the table. <laughs> right straight in and it'd be hard to miss you know <laughs> and uh my buddy walks over and picks up the pool table and all the two balls and the balls start moving and they turn around and start messing with him shoving him and smacking him of course <laughs> this is over a, to lose. a pitcher of beer is what we would have lost <laughs> but well we didn't have to get a pitcher of beer Just a pool stick. Just a pool stick and a $300 <laughs> pair of glasses my buddy forked money out for. He paid for them? Yeah, he paid for them. He Good said deal. He, he was like, dude, oh, you saved my ass. I'm, these are on me. Like I said, I did. I saved his ass. But that's our buddies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a stand-up move. Like, we were buddies, but all of us buddies, we never like two of us standing in front of somebody. There'd be like one of us standing in front of us and the other one standing behind them. Just waiting to see what we were going to do. 
or there might be two or three of us behind them. But those are young, stupid days. I wouldn't Sounds do that awesome. now. <laughs> but I also had a way of doing a little differently, not fighting. Yep, most all the time. You know, and I didn't beat him with a pull stick or anything, but, you know, I didn't knock him out. Oh, Kaz. I'm running running out of battery life on my phone. I don't have a way to charge it currently because my headphones are plugged in. It's at 3%, so we got a couple minutes left at least. What are we at here? Are we really at two hours? I think so. No way. <laughs> what did we talk about? What else? How about old week? Andrew Tate? Yeah, you guys were talking about that the other night. I looked up his, I think it was the one of the casts I was trying to do. I looked up, looked up his record, and it was pretty impressive, kickboxing-wise, for sure. A lot of fights. I think it was in the, maybe in the 70s. And his MMA record was pretty weak, but he got out of, got out of jail, didn't he? I don't know. If he did or not, I haven't read that. But I was like, I, think I heard he got released. Yeah, I can look it up. But my thing was, is I don't know a whole lot about the guy. To be honest with you, to even post an opinion. But then after I listened to Owen Benjamin, who I'm not all in on him, but he was playing a video on his show, which I didn't see. I was just listening to like a podcast, I suppose. And uh, he was describing Andrew Tate slapping around his girlfriend and going off. And Owen Benjamin was like, man, I'll beat his ass. You don't like him. And that was when I was like, ooh, that'd be a good... I'd pay to see that fight, Andrew Tate and Owen Benjamin. I think Owen's 6'8", I think. He's got to be 250-plus at least because he's thick. Yeah, he's a big old boy. He's got to look like a giant almost. 6'8 is huge. Oh, yeah, to me, man, I would be like, get the hell away from me, dude. (laughs) Go over there and stand. I've listened to Owen a lot, and he... Sometimes he, like, goes a little hard on things that he shouldn't go on, but, like, at the same time, a lot of times he's right, but he's just a little excessive. I mean, from what I've heard of Andrew Tate, was he's not, like... The most wholesome character, but I know he was pushing a lot of like pro masculinity, and a lot of like younger men were, right, not even men, like adolescents, like twelve to fifteen and stuff, were really like grasping onto it. And so it's like, uh, you know, I don't know how his, his message didn't seem real negative. So that, like, like the positives seemed like they were more than the negative because he was expressing, you know, a lot of masculinity at a time when it's kind of frowned upon, and I've seen a lot of younger kids like grabbing onto it and. That's, that's kind of something that they need at the time, for sure, because they're all turning into bitches. I'm like, uh, yeah, some of these guys today, wow. <clears throat> they are kind of, I don't know if they're feminine or just afraid of their masculinity. Like, how can I be a man? I'm like, well. I'm a man. I got that covered. 
so far. Pretty, so. pretty soon I'll be an old man. <laughs> most old men, before they get to like the, the senile stage, are like some of the most masculine men for sure. Well established. Yeah, I'm still in good shape. I can still take off running at a sprint. I can run after you. You just got to be able to express that, that image of I'm old, so you should respect and fear me kind of thing. I'm not fast, but um, I, I know a whole lot. Yeah, I didn't get this far with this mouth by taking ass whippings. Nope. <laughs> so that was one of them. Like, I never, back home, I never took a beating by one guy or even two guys. Nobody could ever say they stood in front of me and beat me up. So occasionally I would be sitting somewhere in a bar and somebody would walk up and say something like that to me. And I remember a, a guy one night sitting down right in front of me. I remember passing my glasses off to somebody sitting beside of me. I didn't know if I was going to have to fight him. But he was like, uh, so what makes you think you're such a badass? You whoop everybody. What makes you any different? And I was like, because I get really scared that somebody's going to hurt me. And then I looked at him. I was like, are you going to hurt me? <laughs> it's usually the whole motivation of, the, of a fight, hopefully. You don't want to get beat up by the other person, so you got to beat them up. Yeah, I'm like, I, <laughs> are you going to hurt me, man? I don't want to get hurt. I get scared, and I don't know if you want to deal with me scared. <laughs> you know, dealing with me on a wrestling match, I don't get scared. Here in this bar room, I don't know. And like that guy walked off. I remember one of my buddies. Oh, and yeah, and he did the, uh, and I didn't know it at the time because my friend told me. But uh, he came down, he sat down, and he told me, I've had. 500 fights, blah, blah, blah. He goes on to this bullshit or something like that, street fights. And I was like, oh, yeah? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, dude, all the badasses I've known would already thrown a punch by now. He's and, got all of his street fighting stats. Well, and then when he left, he was uh, my friend was like, dude, he stole that line from uh, Van Diesel in some movie that he was in. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. I didn't like a few years later, I saw that movie and I was like, yeah, that's what dude said to me. I was making fun of Vin Diesel earlier. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, there man, all the badasses I know would already thrown a punch. Mm. That was during a Tyson run, run fight. Power. Oh, jeez. A Tyson so fight with that bar. He had to prove he was tough then. Yeah, Tyson hadn't <laughs> fought yet. And Tyson yeah, won in the first round. Classic Tyson fight. So that, that'll take you back to how long ago that was. That was back in my 20s. My childhood, yeah. Early 80s, I think what Tyson came up in like 86-ish. I was a young kid. Yeah, so this would probably have been about... A little later, I think. Probably in the 90s. 
because this is a different group of people I was hanging with at the time. But yeah, like I said, that one he just laughed. They stole that from Vin Diesel. He's gay too. It's even worse now. <laughs> Super fake and gay. Boo. <laughs> so I never had a problem with gay as long as they no. were gay. Yeah, it's but not like, in the closet. Gay. It's definitely, fe- they're not all, but most of them are extra feminine too. So it's just like. You know, you're obviously a good actor because you pretend to be a tough guy and you're gay. You don't like chicks and you're gay. Or no, that's the same thing. You don't like chicks and you can't fight. <coughs> All right, I got to cut this off because I'm going to run out of power. All right, man. We'll try this again sometime. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I, I wanted to try it on this friggin' uh, platform to see if I was going to keep connected this time. Yeah, I'm on a whole other different thing. Hopefully, yeah. I even got video of me on here. Looking pretty. Throwing up my email address, too. Still underground. I can't, uh... Mainly the thing, because of, like... I'm I'm a one-woman man, and... It's tough. Right on! (laughs) Women don't want to see that. My honey, she don't care. She don't care one iota about my podcast. Except every now and then. When I, I went in and told her the other day about my um, subscriptions, people who were watching it, and I was like, you know, I was like, I got plenty of people doing it. I was like, but the oddest thing about it was, is I looked down and I'm like, eight percent of my audience is coming from India. So eight percent—that isn't pretty impressive. I know. I'm like, <laughs> that's that's a lot. You know, it was, I'm appealing to so many Indians. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? I'm going to pull them up one day. It was like three different provinces or cities or states. I don't know. And see if I can call them out their names. And uh, Giving a shout out to my t- 10% of my fans, basically. Yeah, send me an email. <laughs> what the hell are you doing listening to me? I mean, I'm glad you are, but really all that bored over there in India? You must connect them for some reason. That's interesting. Well, I connected with Romanians back when I did uh, radio. And so I was doing radio at like 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning on uh, Mountain Time. And they were listening to it like at 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Romania. Prime time. And <laughs> giving royalties. I'm still friends with a couple of those people. That's crazy. And that's how come I, you know, I got to know them over the years and uh, how I know a little bit about Romanian. You know, which makes me think I'm like a Romanian put somebody in jail for sex trafficking in a sex trafficking country. Are you saying that? (laughs) You know, I'm like, that's kind of odd. That means it's either extra suspicious or. He's super guilty. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, huh. What I do know, you know, Romanians, they're, they're gypsies, so you never know. Yeah. You never know. But we'll see. All right, DB. Sounds good. We will. Is there anything you need to do? Do you got an email? It's all, it's all secret still. I don't want to can, can, oh. you, can you remember uh, <laughs> Guy Fox's email? This is too uh, damn complicated. I remember me TV one one five seven at me TV and uh, something like that. It's one one something. 
I think I always went to Anchor and reached I, out I to emailed him because I was trying to. He's like, I'm on all, this, all those social platforms. I was like, dude, how do you spell your name? <laughs> <laughs> so just find me. I'm John Omerchata. Like, what? Yeah, that's like, like Smith. Okay, that'll be easy. Omerchata. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I emailed him. I'm like, dude, I don't know how to spell your name. I can't find you at all. I tried it for like 10 minutes and I gave up. <laughs> like, here's a link. And I've been meaning to tell him that he needs to start off his podcast with talking about his book. Oh, yeah, that would help. I think. There is times when he doesn't mention it at all. You know, he should definitely throw that in there. You know, because there's a lot of us dumbass podcasters doing podcasting and very few writing a book. So I would make that more legit, you know what I'm saying? I'm a horrible reader, so I'm one of the guys that was pushing the audiobook really hard. Well, I've been wanting <laughs> to get it for the last two years, but I've uh, felt like I'm like a week or two away from grabbing me a, um, uh, not a laptop, but a, a pad of some sort. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't going to get it until I got a pad. I don't want to read it on my phone. No. And, uh, and I just have not gotten around to getting a stupid pad yet. But as soon as I do, I'm on it. See, we're like doing similar things. He's like, why haven't, why haven't you read my book? And I'm like, I don't read. I'm a, I'm a listener. I was like, do the audio and I'm all over it. <laughs> now I will read. I do yeah, prefer I, a hard I, copy I book. The, I read fine. I just, just don't... Uh, I haven't read many books in my life, that's for sure. I'm not proud of it, but I've accepted the fact way better at com- comprehending stuff when I listen to it. I've read bunches. Way too many. I still read them. I still got a pile of books over here. My daughter's eight and she's starting to read big time and she's like, she was, I was making fun of her. She's like, well, I like to read. I'm like, no, keep reading. I was like, it'll make you smarter. It's like, dad should have read more. Her mom reads a lot. So. Where's one? I've been reading, um, uh, ancient to modern time Florida Indians, right? And uh, one of the things I'd read in there was that a lot of these canals in Florida are actually old canoe pathways for the natives. I was like, ah, well, that's cool. I never thought about that. I mean, I could see it now. Yeah. You know. Because they would make a canoe out of one tree. And uh, so they had like a highway and tra- traveling with that all the time. I'm like, that was the way to move with it before there was cars, for sure. And they'd built their own canals. That sounds horrible. Like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> but even, even with a crane. <laughs> I know and they're out there with like stone handles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing it with crude tools, uh, kicking it with their foot. Thousand, thousand times more work. <laughs> I'm like cool, but I guess they wouldn't have to be too deep. It's just for a canoe, but yeah. I didn't read anything about the gators in them. But Ugh. so there, another another slight hurdle in the the mission. I'm gonna go out. Be gator hunting. I'm going uh, glamping Monday for four nights, and uh, it's a 
alligator kind of place. I've taken plenty of pictures there. That's Do cool. some kayaking and I've never been approached by an alligator. I uh I lived in Orlando. I knew where a couple of them were at. I took my dad there and we see, there was a couple in the city that were like living in this pond that were I think they were allowed to be like under four foot or something and they would leave them stay. They were they were close though and I snuck up on the one on the shore and took off running and it was kind of intimidating how fast it was. So it oh. ran, 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 it was running away from me but it was like the thing is actually pretty fast. Could probably not run away from it. Yeah, he probably <laughs> thought you were getting ready to eat it. I was I, yeah, I was sneaking up sneaking up on him, on him with a dog too. I did watch a video of a small alligator running from a giant alligator the other day. It was kind of cool. Yeah, and like the same, not the same thing, but the one there was two alligators in there, and the one was picking on the other one, and it had like the last like foot of its tail was all bones from that other alligator. I'm guessing probably snapping at it all the time. Yeah, not nice. (laughs) Not nice. Oh well. All right, man. We'll get off of here, and uh, we probably should have talked about the insurrection, but we'll do that again. Poor old insurrection. It's such a tragic day in American history; will never be forgotten. No. (laughs) By some people, for sure. Bunch of crap. Listening to Biden talk about those people, we will always remember you. I'm like, I don't know any of you. I know Ashley Babbitt. It's the only person <clears throat> worth remembering. I did trigger that one girl, but with I Ashley see, I Babbitt. I see her comments, and I was like, that's uh, kind of offensive what you're saying there. That's really not necessary. Yeah, wasn't it? I'm like, <laughs> she's a professional trigger. I went and looked at her page. She's just on there to trigger people. Because, I mean, if you said the same thing about somebody in her circle, so to speak, she would go off and about how insensitive it was and everything, for sure. Well, like when she... I did say something about um, her saying that, you know, the, the Ashley Babbitt video was hilarious, that I should go check it out. And was it talking uh, about Jesus? <clears throat> well, before then, I told her that... Uh, Jesus loves her. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she said to go check it out, you know. And then I told her that I didn't, I really wasn't into watching people killing other people. I was like, but since you are, you should check out the Kyle Rittenhouse video of him killing yeah. people trying to kill him. I hear that was pretty hilarious, too. And she wrote some, I don't even know what she said. I don't know if you can if you can watch that video and take anything away from it except for self defense. It's like uh, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, and that's all I saw. Yeah, you know, and, and like if you hear the if you hear the stories from what happened beforehand, it was fully justified. Oh yeah, well, it was uh, he had murdered three black guys? Was all they talked about for two years? <laughs> Forgot about that. He was was racist stupid racist boy but yeah that was something else John and I talked about I was like I wouldn't have taken my gun there at 17 that wouldn't have happened not ever 
I would have had other buddies of mine with me. You know, there would have been three or four of us roaming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was. It was in one, on one hand, it didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but it just seemed like a not a good setup. On the other hand, it was like, yeah, he. If he was there, he was probably like he did have his gun because they were. They literally said they were going to kill him if they seen him later. Well, if they uh, see dude, you later. I'm needed a gun. Kill you. <laughs> he needed a gun, though. I mean, that's how unprepared I would have been walking into that without a gun. You know, but, you know, I like to think maybe I could have defused it, but I don't know about those idiots. Those people don't think like me. And another thing, I was like, my mom would have never, ever, not ever taken me to that part of town with a gun. (laughs) No. No, she would have took me the opposite direction. I would have went to McDonald's or something. She would have loaded me into the car, but she would have took me somewhere else. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone there. And there probably, like I said, would have been three of my buddies with me. So she would have took us all to McDonald's. (laughs) We would not have made it. Sounds like a great mom. Yeah, we would have never made it to that. (laughs) She'd be like, yeah, get your guns, you got your bullets, you got everything you need. All right, get in. (laughs) Head <laughs> the opposite direction. Yeah, she's good about stuff like that. Oh yeah, great idea. Let's go and then go somewhere else. <laughs> Fake psych. <laughs> I wish she was right. stupid. I am done. I am done now. All right, man. <laughs> we will holler at you uh, tomorrow. <laughs> Guy Fox. Yep. He's he's wanting to do another one tomorrow. Yeah. I should have time tomorrow night. And uh, we'll harass him more about being buddies with Andrew Tate. (laughs) He'll he'll get there. (laughs) Poor old Andrew Tate. Oh, well. All right, DB, thanks for coming on. We'll we'll harass you later. I think I'm going to put me up. block you after this. (laughs) Now you sound like my ex-girlfriend. Easy. <laughs> All Sorry. of them. And my mom. Like, you're blocked. So. <laughs> Didn't say you were. I said maybe. So. Possibility. Oh, my mom would just do it out of spite just to get a rise out of me. So. All right, DB. We'll harass you later. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Sounds good. And uh, there you go. We uh, guess we we probably shouldn't rob John's shut off line. <laughs> Maybe I'll make a copy of it and then play yeah. it. That's what I can do. Don't be a leftist and uh, don't be a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> bitches, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> alright man alright man well good night we'll talk to you tomorrow peace so there you go people I hope you enjoyed just some random talking love you